Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 77. Welcome, guys. So this is our, I guess, post-keynote podcast. So which of you went out and pre-ordered a phone last uh, Thursday night? I got myself a 7 Plus Jet Black. (laughs) Big and shiny. (laughs) And not going to be here very soon. (laughs) Oh, two to three weeks or what? I, before I even got in, I saw that like, like a minute afterwards, I think like Mark Gurman was tweeting that it was already at like the 27th through the, through October 3rd or something like that. And that's what it was when I got it. I don't know if hmm. I've heard of anyone who's getting their jet black seven plus right away. I wonder if there's, or just don't have those ready or something. I don't know. You you know that they knew that that was going to be a big thing. Well, then why did they make more? Maybe to artificially make the oh. demand look better. No. <laughs> they would never do a market manipulation trick like that, would they? Why would they do it on the phone that I want, though? Well, <laughs> anyways, did anyone else get a phone that's going to get it sooner? <laughs> no, I decided to hold off, at least for now. I didn't. Really, I I like the fact that it's water resistant, but uh, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot that got me excited. What? I like the better camera and everything, and the water resistance, of course. But yeah, I I held off this time around. Well, for the better camera, you also need to get the plus for the really the really uh, good nice camera. features. Yeah. Well, if you're if you if you're getting a seven, uh, you get optical image stabilization which you didn't have before which is a pretty big deal yeah. i think if you're a camera person it is yeah i have a nice digital camera i honestly don't use my cell phone as a camera for anything you know important i i'll use it to like my kids will ask for something when we're in the store and i'll say oh we'll take a picture of it and put it on your christmas list that's that's well, my camera is used on my phone for more than anything. See, I would have thought you of all people would would have jumped at the water resistant phone based on <laughs> how you lo- how you lost your last phone. I think uh, I think it would have been worth it uh, in hindsight. You know, <laughs> if I had it on the last one, that I would have upgraded because I had the six before, and I was planning to upgrade to the seven, um, but I ended up getting a success to replace that phone i might change I my mind that but for, for now yeah, maybe it's not very old it's only a few weeks old yeah. but uh i don't know we'll see honestly i'm more excited about the uh, headphones now why why is that which which headphones are you excited about i guess first of all because i announced a bunch so uh I had bought the Bragi Dash uh, several months ago because I was looking for some truly wireless headphones uh, that were comfortable. And the Bragis weren't bad. 
uh, but uh, they weren't comfortable in my ears. They made my, my ears hurt. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, they worked as advertised. And they now have a version that's half the price. Uh, and they took out all the extra things like the heart rate monitor and the accelerometer and all the, those other features that you didn't necessarily need to get the price down and the battery life longer. And, you know, I like the Apple headphones reasonably well. I just wish it didn't have the wire. So the new Apple earpods are kind of what I was looking for. My biggest concern with them is I suspect that people have trouble keeping them in their ears. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Are you one of the freaks of nature who actually can keep them in your ears? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have too trouble, too much trouble keeping them in my ears. But <laughs> I, I have small ears, so that's why the the Bragi didn't work so well. I mean, I the, remember uh, when they came out with the original earpods. Everyone. I was like, oh, that looks awesome. And then everyone got them and were like, yeah, these things are super uncomfortable. They can't can't get them to stay in my ear and stuff. And I'm in that same boat. Uh, I like I like the ones that come and you got a couple sets of little, you know, replaceable things you can put in. Uh, so you can actually make them fit in your ear. Yeah. And I wear headphones probably 10 plus hours a day. Uh, so... You know, I don't mind spending a little bit more to get something that that's comfortable and, and works the way I want. The Apple earpods aren't exactly what I'm looking for, but so far they're one of the closest matches. Uh the uh I did a little research the on the W one chip and you know, they they didn't really explain it very well uh when they announced it, but from what I understand the W one chip is just to negotiate the connection and manage battery life. And then the rest of the communication is just done through Bluetooth, like any other Bluetooth headphone. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like it, it's an easier way to pair because pairing is always the most painful part of using Bluetooth headphones. But Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've got a set of Bluetooth headphones that I paid $18 for. They speak Korean. Um <laughs> and uh, I have to repair them every single time I use them. Uh, so I, I kind of got what I paid for with those. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been kind of waiting for a good pair of Bluetooth headphones to re replace them. Uh, I looked at the Beats a little bit for whatever reason. They're not available yet. And uh, they didn't upgrade all the Beats line with the W1 chip. So like the... The more expensive ones, the studios, uh, don't support that, uh, which those are the ones that have the active noise cancellation, hmm. which I kind of like the idea of that. Um, the, I hear the Jaybird wireless uh, Bluetooth headphones are pretty good, uh, but they're they're expensive as well. I think they the the Freedom version is around $200, which is a bit pricey. Well, I think when we were watching that keynote, we some people were calling out numbers, and they were padding the numbers, thinking, yeah, Apple's going to make it more expensive. And 
Apple topped those numbers that they were padding with. So. Uh, uh, that's kind of surprising given... I, if you look at all these startups that have these truly wireless headphones, they all are around 250 to 300, give or take. So 159 is actually a pretty good price. Yeah, it's not that bad. What other the startups are charging for essentially the same thing, but it's got um, pretty good battery life for that too. Yeah. Yeah, and I suspect Apple understands how to pair and communicate with a with a phone just as just as well as anybody else out there. So, um, Bluetooth is still kind of a clunky technology, or somewhat unreliable technology from a pairing and standpoint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot to cause interference. So I don't I don't know. I don't expect them to be perfect, but I I suspect Apple has the money and the skill set to do a decent job, as good as anybody else in that regard. Yeah, if they just would have gone with a different design, I would have been all about them, but I just can't get past the fact that they're just going to flop out of everybody's ears and then you're going to be down to the one. I guess that's why they touted yeah. that, you know, you can work with just one or both. <laughs> the stems are... <laughs> Actually, I, I, that's a feature I want is that they, you can just use one at a time. And you could do that with the, the Broggy as well, but it had to be the right one because that only one of them paired with the phone um most of the startups have you know they focused on fit so you would you could exercise run jog bike swim with the headphones in and you definitely can't do that with these i don't think they're water resistant or waterproof i and they're not really they don't seem to be designed to fit to your ear you know most of the other uh startups out there have different sizings or or fitting sleeves to to help keep them in your ears yeah and to be kind you kind of look like one of those bluetooth crazies from the from the 90s kind of like a tool if you have the (laughs) the thing like shooting down the side of your ear i'm not a fan of the look maybe we'll get used to it in a in a year from now, but the stems are a little bit weird. Uh, <laughs> it's it's I, like double tool look, really. Yeah, I suspect <laughs> that helps a little bit with the uh, beam forming and and the pairing between uh, the earpieces because when it's all in ear, you know, there's you got this whole um, dense thing to for the radio signals to try and go through. And so Broggy solved that by using, you know, they basically do the same thing as what hearing aids do, and they create use a different technology, create like a magnetic field around your head, essentially to to pair the the two earpieces. I don't think that's what Apple's doing, but I don't honestly know. I don't know if it's if they're paired independently or if the the two are paired together. I don't know. It, it, we'll see. I, I'm definitely going to try them out. They may, they might suck. I might hate them, but um, they're cheaper than a lot of the alternatives, and I think they're worth trying out. I still get paranoid about putting these 
radio transmitters right next to my head for any extended periods of time. You have no problem putting it in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's got like three yeah. different radios going at once, at least three. <laughs> so the earpieces just have the Bluetooth. Yeah, it's uh, and, and then you add your watch in there too. You got all these radio signals all around you. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to move to that town in West Virginia anytime soon. There's a town where they can't have anything uh, cordless because they live near uh, radio telescopes. So the the people that are always afraid that they're sensitive to the these radio transmissions, they go to move to that town because there's nothing wireless there. Are there laws about that, or how do they yeah. enforce that? There's, there's actual laws because those radio telescopes, you know, if somebody operates anything wireless with it, it interferes with the signals. So it's a, it's more of a zoning thing somehow. That sounds super hard to enforce. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you could pretty much find out if somebody's using it, right? Because your telescopes are going to go bad. Yeah. I used to live right underneath a huge radio tower. Explains and, a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there are people who said they they had to put metal plates on their ovens to keep the uh, to keep the radio signals from interfering with them. I I didn't have too many issues, but it's not necessarily a healthy place to live. Yeah, there's a high powered AM tr- radio station transmitter um, closer up to where you guys live, but. They they would say back in the 80s and 70s when it was really broadcasting at its peak that if you were washing your car, you could hear it, hear that station through your metal bumper. Oh, yeah. You could hear it. Um, you could hear it on like a, a metal fence, too. You could hear the hum. They had to turn yeah. it down. Oh, yeah. That, they, was before, that was before I lived there. They they dialed it way, way down. Yeah. yeah, it's a couple of order of magnitudes lower now, I think. More people live out that way, too. Yep. Yeah, it was just farmland back then, for the most part. So so tell me if I'm right. Uh, you know, just from, from the keynote, I don't really think there is any dev-related thing that we need to do or worry about. Uh, unless maybe you're, you know, a camera app developer and maybe you'll get something with whatever version comes out. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff related to the camera. I don't know what, if any, APIs. Uh, It sounded like there may be some additional APIs to take advantage of the Taptic engine. Yeah. I think also there was something where now all apps can take live photos using an API. We've had that with iOS since the beginning of, I thought that was iOS 9 even, we had that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's been around. That's not new. Okay. Well, I I thought I heard that mentioned. But yeah, as far as... The only one thing I I did notice is that the GM of Xcode had breaking changes with Xcode Beta 6 Swift stuff. Well, that's that's to be expected, I think. (laughs) Just par for the course. Uh, Yeah. I went through migrating an app again uh, this week with the GM. That was fun. <laughs> I 
I guess the dust will start to settle down finally. But man, it's been crazy that way. Yeah. I've got to ask have you guys, uh, you know, we're recording on uh, the day before iOS 10 officially is out, but uh, the iMessage apps are already showing up. I don't know if you guys have checked those out yet. I saw a couple that were listed on Mac Rumors, and I noticed that their revenue model is to sell the app, and I, neither of the ones that they were, they were mentioned in Mac Rumors looked interesting enough for me to try out. There's a good mix of uh, free and paid. Uh, it's interesting. There, the ten iMessage apps we love have like JibJab, but which is one I think they demoed uh, at the keynote. But OpenTable, you know, Weather Channel, uh, Castro, which I think is a podcasting. That's a fairly popular podcasting app. I wonder what that but, does. Maybe yeah. it just shares stuff or something. Maybe. Um, Penny's Mini, which I, I guess is a budgeting app. Carrot Weather. Yeah, there's Words with Friends, Disney sticker packs, the Super Mario Run stickers. So there are some games, um, which I think could be interesting, but I'm not sure why you wouldn't just play games directly. <laughs> I don't know why you do that in messages, but well, so you don't have uh, to go out to the app. You can stay so. right there. Yeah, yeah, people spend most of their time in messages, so it makes sense. It's, it's true. I just it'll be interesting to see how that game experience is versus having a dedicated game app. But yeah, there's you know I think we'll see quite a few message apps, and there's already quite a few out there. I think there might be more message apps than there were tvOS apps when the new Apple TV launched there couldn't have been more of those and there were fireplace apps yeah <laughs> and there were quite a few fireplace but oh yeah I think we might have a little more variety <laughs> of message apps so far which is surprising but we'll see I, I think that's going to be popular market initially we'll see how how it does over time I did not. Uh, I did not build any message apps. Yeah, me neither. I started to, and then got sidetracked with other things. It seems like it'd be easy. It's it's kind of like building a a mini app. It, at least that's the way it seems. But um, yeah, I wasn't you, sure if it would really be an experience worth having. You definitely can't make anything too complicated. Yeah, because your UI is all in the one screen for the most part, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe like things like Words with Friends is a bit more complicated, but the the number of screens you're going to go through is should be pretty small. I think some of the challenges were like being able to display people's names and having consistent identifiers which they specifically obfuscated those from developers for a reason yeah. for privacy reasons but that yeah, i think if they're known associates in your address book you might have the name but but your app won't have it yeah 
your message app won't have it. You can go through some like string formatting routines that I think get access to it, but I'm not sure if you can use those directly in your app or if they have to be like part of the the uh, message display bundle object. At least that's the way it was when I was looking at it originally. I do think it's nice that you can get to the store straight from messages to, to find relevant apps and not have to go to the app store in search for them. Yeah, they've they've done a really good job with discoverability in there because I think even Maps has some discoverability that way too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which I have not checked to see if there are map apps out there already. I mean, if it seems like Open Table and a few others would be there by now. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. you've noticed that the app, the iMessage apps, are kind of a mix between free and paid. Did, did you notice whether those free ones had advertisements at all, or? I don't think they're allowed to. I think that's against the iMessage rules. Could be wrong. Like one of the free apps is the Weather Channel app, and they're kind of—it's a little better than it than it used to be. But I know their main app used to be really bad with the uh, ads. I think they still have some, but they're more subtle than they used to be. Yeah. So interestingly, have you downloaded the latest version of Overcast? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many of our listeners that listen to this podcast through Overcast have probably noticed the change as well. So they, Marco, Marco Armit, he is, uh, I guess, I didn't find any um, messages from him why he did this, but I guess he needed to change up his revenue model because maybe enough, not enough people were being patr- patrons. Yeah, he had a I saw somewhere he had a he had a goal of like 5% patrons and after like a year or however long it's been, he was at like around 3%, I think. So, whatever whatever that meant, uh wasn't enough uh for his goal, so he figured he would try something different. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, you can still pay what $10 per year to get rid of the ads which seems maybe a little on the pricey side well essentially what he's got now is (laughs) he's got you know essentially he's got the carrot and the stick now before he just had the carrot so you pay a little bit of money you get dark mode and maybe that was it now you can if you don't pay money you you get the stick which is the ads (laughs) now I, I did Noticed the the one ad that kept coming up was truncated, so it wasn't <laughs> terribly useful <laughs> because you couldn't really read the ad. Hmm. Um, and I think it only shows up in the uh, list of episodes, maybe. I've seen it in the list of podcasts too. I see it in the the only ad I'm seeing. Okay, there we go. So there's an. An app here in the ad that says learn languages with dot dot dot. So I have no idea what the mm-hmm. ad's for. It's some app, but I don't know. 
But it makes you curious, so you want to tap on it, right? Maybe. I don't know. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's using native ads, which basically just give you a bunch of metadata and you're supposed to mm. squeeze it in somehow to your app. And I, mm. I think he took the, mm. the stance that he wanted to stand out from content, which I think the idea with native ads is that it's kind of mixed in with content. So it does maybe definitely that's why look it looks like a goofy. It looks like a Google ad because it has the uh, the little X next to it. You know how the little button control buttons are in a typical Google ad? It has that. Unfortunately, those are right next to the install button. So I'm not sure I could press those without accidentally clicking the install button. I think those are actually, there's like some law that requires those buttons are there. It, went, yeah. it was kind of annoying when those got added, but. Okay, it's really hard to press. So. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing a live user testing here. I yeah, I don't have an issue with the ads. It's a great app. I'd be happy to pay for the app. Um, I would have probably done the patron thing, except I didn't really care for dark mode, so it wasn't quite the uh, the enticement that I needed to to pay for it. Yeah, I'm curious to see what his results are because our apps are are mainly ad supported as well, and we played around with having in-app purchases to remove them. Um, and I guess now we have subscriptions that we didn't have before, but we don't we don't really get a lot of people converting on that, which kind of is surprising. But to me, just it says what we kind of all know. It's people don't like to pay for stuff like you know two minutes ago sam you were like but 10 a year for and i mean how many hours do you use the app in a you know in a given year <laughs> yeah well i'm i'm conscious about these subscriptions like this because i don't want to get hit with you know big year year-end bills where i'm you know one app here two apps three apps and next thing you know i'm gonna mm -hmm. get hit with a year-end bill of a hundred dollars just to run ten, 10 apps. Yeah. And this is one of those category of apps where, you know, it's something I use twice a day, pretty much every day, at least during the, the week, you know, for the commute or, or cutting the grass or doing housework. So, you know, I, I definitely get a lot of use out of it. So it's probably worth paying for. But there's also free alternatives that you don't have to pay for, and, and the feature differences are are not huge. Um, I think I would have been more inclined to pay if it was a one-time fee than a subscription, though. Yeah, my hunch is definitely that um, people are not going to like these subscriptions for, especially at first. Maybe once new start, new apps start coming out, where it's like, here's this new thing, and you can have a subscription to get yada, yada, yada. But especially, like, for existing apps, I gotta imagine that's gonna make people angry. Well, look at the uproar that happened with JetBrains when they moved to a subscription model with their IDEs. Yeah, I don't think it's even the amount of money. It's just the, the concept of, do I want this recurring thing to happen? Yeah. And, and you know what though that might that might be fine in our apps we don't we don't really have the in-app purchase to remove ads there 
to make money from it. It's it's more just, uh, all right, you don't like ads. We get that. Here's how you can remove it. You got to pay us money. And most people don't do that because they just ignore the ads or whatever. Yeah. And for the nature of your apps, it's actually better if they don't remove the ads, right? Well, we, I mean, if we had a $10 recurring subscription yearly, that may not be the case. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, versus like a one-time fee. And we, we've talked about, yeah, we've talked about doing that, but I mean, it's hard to, to put an exact dollar amount because you never know, like at the point when a user decides that they're going to make, uh, you know, an in-app purchase to remove the ads, whether they're the, the user that's going to use your app for another five days and then not use it again, in which case, heck yeah, I want you to pay to remove the ads or if they're going to be a user who's in there, you know, for three hours a day, in which case it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Just keep watching the ads, man. <laughs> yeah, Overcast is definitely one of those category of apps where ads actually makes a whole lot of sense because you're going to be using that app for long mm -hmm. periods of time on a regular basis. And I think I think the ads might be even better if they were in terms of actually having traction if instead of the album art occasionally you saw the ad of a bigger ad. But I have to imagine he's gonna to get tons of impressions on the ads. Well just judging by our podcast audience the number of people that use it, yeah. You get a decent size number of impressions. I think that's just because yeah. of our topic, but <laughs> <laughs> to some degree. But yeah, I mean, definitely seems like there's a large number of of Overcast users out there, and yeah, I I think this will probably work out well for for Marco. And I could see the ten dollars a year. Ten dollars a year is probably like where it actually makes sense to not have ads. Yeah, I'm not sure if he did the math to see how how much he would make with ads from a typical user pattern to versus you know doing a subscription. What what the cost would be to make it better for the subscription user? That's really yeah. hard to figure out because you don't know what rates you're going to get for the ads. You know, yeah. you know, especially, you know, your every app's kind of different, even if they're in the same category, like how much, how, how often are people going to click through on the ads and all that stuff. So you kind of just have to put it out there and see what happens. And then, then maybe he can, yeah. you know, tweak things a little bit to add different types of ads or tune back or add more ads or something, depending on how it's going. But yeah. I mean, I and think it's going to work out for him financially for sure. Yeah, and this is one of those apps where the ads aren't necessarily that distracting either. Like, if you did interstitial ads, that would be just extremely annoying. Would it be mm -hmm. enough to drive you back to the podcast app? It might. I mean, especially, <laughs> you know, I'm get in my car getting ready to, to leave for work. I don't want to have to wait for an interstitial ad before I can actually start the podcast. But then you start the podcast and there's an ad, so... <laughs> yeah, and that, that I think would be fine because, you know, it's not interrupting my flow so much. I'm getting what I want out of it, and so they show me ads while I do it. Uh, that's fine. I mean, it's kind of like uh, 
Pandora, you know, I and and those types of free music services, you know, if they showed ads on the screen, that's one thing. It's another thing to uh, have to listen to an ad in between. Well, it's just know, like a radio songs. station. Yeah, but only you know, better. I, last election season, it it was mm. enough to make me pay for for the uh, <laughs> ad free service. They they beat you into submission, huh? Yeah, yeah after enough uh, political ads, I was ready. It was it was worth whatever the the price was. I I, I do feel for Marco though because, like, I remember when we put ads in our apps. This was. I don't know, like five or six years ago, and it's like, man, our apps are really awesome. But when you put ads in it, it just makes it that much worse of a kind of a user experience, and it sucks knowing that that's how most people are going to experience your app, even though it's way better when you don't have the ads. Yeah, well, it's kind of like pretty much any online uh, news source. <laughs> <laughs> They're just littered with ads. These aren't nearly as bad as that. These hopefully are a little bit more relevant. But you know, you go out to any online news site and the ads rarely have you know, it's a bunch of link bait ads for the most part. Yeah, those things are terrible. And and you know, a lot of them are in very reputable um News outlets, but oh, yeah. that's CNN. how they have to make their money. Mm-hmm. It's a sad state of affairs, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, there are definitely certain classes of applications where you can do ads and it's not too obnoxious. And, you know, it's, you know, for some people it's worth the, the seeing the ads to get, something that's free to them. So, so Argo, you've done research on this. What classes of apps do well with ads and which ones are you just better off doing like a, a pay version or something with freemium involved? Well, freemium, it's hard to say on a freemium because there's a whole bunch of different types of a freemium, but like, uh, I would say like a, a good app category where you want to do a paid up front would be something where it's going to be like um, only a, a few time use, like uh, you're going to use it for a short time um, and it makes sense to to make, you know, a hard wall for them to use it otherwise, yeah. you know. Yeah, something that you're only going to be in for a few seconds yeah. every so often, or it could be a pro tool as well and you, you've got a premium price tag. Yeah, because the the big thing with ads is you get more money the the more views that you get. So you want apps with like high retention. People are going to use it over and over, um, or they're going to use it for long periods of time. Like Alex was saying, um, things with with content uh, are good. So like podcast apps would be a good example, or uh, games with new levels, or even just games that people play for long periods of time, which is kind of the category I'm in. Um, but like if, if the point of your app is to get something accomplished, you want to get in and get out of the app. So a, you're not going to get that many, uh, impressions from someone using that app. And 
and B, you won't make much money from that. So if you're if you're using like an app that like a, a dating app's a good example, this should probably be like a paid or like an in-app purchase to unlock use for a certain period of time. Because the goal with those kind of is you uh you use them to achieve a goal and then you're done with it. Okay. Although dating apps might be a bad example because people come back to those often enough. Oh, yeah, it depends what kind of dating app it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the people that are using it. Yeah. Uh, you know, an example of an app that I don't think would have worked well was uh, the Quotely app. It was you, you create little story cards and it's not something you're going to do every day. So, and you're probably not going to be using it for super long periods of time. So, you know, the ad revenue from that probably wouldn't have been very attractive, even if it had a large number of users, but something like a game or content app, like you said, Argo, you're going to go back to at least once a day, if not several times a day. Yeah, it seems like at this point, like most most people who do paid upfront apps, it's just kind of a. There's not many scenarios where it's it makes any sense at all these days. It seems like because uh, what what happens is you get the big spike at the beginning. You're like, oh, this is awesome, and then it keeps going off till zero until you you know do some type of big update or something and you can you charge again for it or do a new version or something but i mean it's even like big software companies have, have been slowly slipping away from this we mentioned JetBrains before microsoft adobe i mean yeah they're all getting their subscriptions out yeah, yeah even uh yeah sketch it's not exactly a subscription it's more you know you have a perpetual license but you pay annually in order to get access to all the updates otherwise you just get 12 months of updates hmm. which, which arguably is a reasonable compromise you don't you're not stuck paying it forever but you can pay if you want to keep getting updates yeah it makes sense you're paying they, for a service at that point. Yeah. And, you know, compared to their their major competitor, you know, $99 a year versus, you know, 29 or more a month. It's, you know, $90, $99 once a year is, it doesn't seem that bad, but they still got a ton of heat for their change, even though it wasn't exactly a subscription model. Similar to IntelliJ, IntelliJ did, you know, did a similar thing, and you know that's a tool you're probably going to use for several hours every day if if that's your profession, if you use that tool for your your professional work. So if it saves you time and you know it's it's worth paying the the premium. A little bit hard to argue that for something that's more casual like a game or or a news site. Yeah, or if you even just casually use that particular IDE, then maybe not so much. Well, see, and and to elaborate a little bit on games, like single-player games where there's kind of like a... You get the game, you do this stuff, and then you beat it is not, not a good 
time to use ads. It's it's more of those social games where, uh, you know, you're coming back to it more often and, you know, playing with other people. And it keeps you playing because otherwise you'd rather just, if they're going to stop playing in a month after they beat it, then you don't want to have ads because then you won't get any more revenue. The nicest thing about ads is that every every time people use your app, you're making money, which is which is awesome. Like I'm podcasting right now and I'm making money. and it's not from the podcast (laughs) right we had a sponsor it'd be a good good segue to the sponsor but no sponsors well since we don't have any sponsors that's about all the time we have left this week why don't you guys tell me where we can find you on the internet you can find me at aj robinson on twitter and i'm at sam quarter i'm at alex argo and the podcast is at shared inst uh, come join us in our, our Slack channel at chat.sharedinstance.com and we'll talk to you guys next week. Cool. See you. Later.